Yeah, you know, welcome to convention. There's always something wrong, always a fire to put out. I left my coffee at the other table. Oh, no. I'm gonna go get it while you're doing that. Alright. Okay. You can just keep recording, too. Yeah, that's Oh, no, I didn't. It's right here. Welcome to Peach Pod, a Georgia politics podcast. I'm today's host, Megan Payne, and we are coming to you from the Young Democrats of America committee meeting and the Young Democrats of Georgia annual convention. With me, I have Luke Boggs. How are you doing, Luke? I am still president, but by God, when you hear this, I won't be. Yes. We, uh, we have elections in, what, like two hours, something like that? Uh, well, we have to get through general session and the business of this fine organization, so a little bit longer than that uh, before we actually get to the elections, but they, they will be coming right along shortly, I guarantee it. <laughs> You're just counting down the minutes? Counting them down. Let's just talk about uh, the convention a little bit. I love John Ossoff, and he just showed up. And yeah. I didn't actually, I wasn't paying attention, quite frankly. I have a lot going on. You and just, I didn't know he was coming. You just look up, it's like, it's John Ossoff. Right, I'm like, uh, can I have a picture? <laughs> so he was really cool. He gave um, a keynote address to the Young Dems of America portion of the convention, and it was very good. We have a little bit of audio from that. There has never been a generation with more power or more obligation to define the future than ours. There has never been a generation that is as interconnected nationally, globally, that has the technology to organize people and to engage politically that we have. Where our values converge, and not just as Democrats, there are shared values for young people in this country and around the world that can allow us to do things together that transcend partisanship, that transcend national boundaries. And we also have a keen understanding of some of the most significant threats to the environment, to justice, to peace and security, to our prosperity. But all of the things that empower us to have an impact also empower people who would stand in the way of us realizing a vision for a more just world, a more prosperous world. And there have always been people who use propaganda to persuade people. There have always been people who accrue power by dividing and oppressing people. There have always been people who put their narrow self-interest or their corporate interest above the public interest but just like we have tools and knowledge and capabilities that young people and progressive people have never had before, so do they. So that presents us with both opportunity and great danger. Thanks so much to him for coming by and just speaking with us. It was a really great experience. So Luke, what do you think? How's convention been so far? Oh, you know, it's it's always an adventure. Uh, you, you plan the best you can, and whatever happens is always the thing you never thought was possible. Uh, I've seen some crazy stuff uh, at every Young Dems convention, but this was, you know, one of the more crazier ones. Because even though I was one of the, you know, three principals of this meeting, I didn't know John Ossoff was coming until 9.30 this morning, and he came at 10. 
So, you know, uh, that, that, that's kind of how conventions go, where you have a lot of asks out there in the, uh, the ether, and then randomly they will, they will come through. So, yeah, I was excited to see him as well. He, uh, he's encouraging Abrams to run really hard, but I, I'm kind of curious what uh, he has in his future as well because he ran a pretty good race in the sixth, and so I hope he uh, stays involved and it seems like he is in whatever capacity he can be. For sure, and I know somebody kind of asked him about that, and he declined to answer at this moment. I think he's probably waiting to see how things shake out. We also had Lucy McBath come to our opening reception, um, and that was great to see her. And we've also had Nakima Williams show up. We had, um, who else have we had here? We've had so many people come up. We have a lot of people. Uh, We've had several of the newly elected state house members. A lot of them had significant help from the Young Democrats of Georgia in uh, winning their seats. So a lot of them have uh, shown their gratitude by showing up and uh, donating money. Uh, But, you know, this has been a really successful meeting. It's a very interesting one because we usually don't do meetings with the national uh, Young Democrats. But uh, this is a joint convention slash business meeting for them. And so it's been a really interesting time because our delegation has been able to interact with the folks from the nationwide chapter, and that's been a really great opportunity for them. And I, I, from what I can tell, people have been enjoying it. Yeah, I've definitely enjoyed meeting um, the Young Dems of America. I, um, you know, there's many local uh, delegates that have come, so I've met a few from South Carolina. Um, I think we've got one from West Virginia, which isn't too far from here. Um, we've got a few from Texas, one from Washington, um, who started a nerd caucus, which I will definitely <laughs> be looking into. They... Well, the rules aren't that hard to uh, form new caucuses in Georgia. You only need three people and the president's approval, so you can do it. Right. Well, that sounds amazing because, you know, they go to conventions like Dragon Con, which That's right. I'm totally into. And they register people to vote and get out information. So that sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. As well as... You know, I, I imagine their meetings are probably pretty fun. I imagine so. I would hope there's gaming involved. Yeah, definitely. So that was super interesting to hear about. I had never even considered that you could have a nerd caucus, and I love it. Why am I not surprised Washington State does that? Because uh, they're awesome. Fair enough. Right? What has your biggest takeaway been, other than, you know, like, convention is crazy? Mm. Yeah, I, I think I'm really excited about... Um, the the new board that's coming in i think seeing how this convention has been run and like the profitability of it and the attendance like everything you know it's not perfect and there's plenty of things i would have uh, wished we could have gotten done during my term but just i feel like it's a better experience the organization for most of the members from when i joined to when i'm leaving and i think we've set up the incoming board to have a really successful term uh they have all the you know tools they need to succeed so i I just hope that they you know uh, take advantage of them and keep the organization on the upward trajectory that's been on and i i think just the experiences folks are having are a reflection of that for sure so by the time this podcast is aired we will have a new board but since it hasn't yet aired do you want to talk a little bit about the election process and what positions are the Young Democrats has a pretty traditional board for a volunteer organization in that we have, you know, a president and an executive vice president. We have some vice presidents of membership who, uh, you know, those, that's a title that people would be less familiar with. They're responsible for, you know, helping our chapters grow and talking to our uh, chapter presidents and seeing what uh, they need. We have a vice president of programs that plan events and uh, programming and uh, help help out in any way they can in any sort of event setting and we have a vp of fundraising which very obviously fundraises and so you know we're electing a whole new board so it'll it'll be uh 
really interesting to see where, where they take the organization. And, you know, we, you know, of course, also have secretary and treasurer, which perform the traditional roles of those titles. And But we also are electing our young uh, Democrats of America uh, committee members, and so they get to go up to the national and represent us there. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a full slate of interesting positions and important jobs. For sure. So one of the questions that I have is I know that some of the positions are contested and some of them are not. Which positions are contested? So currently only presidency is uh, contested. Um, there were some other candidates that had filed, but they did not show up in pure, you know, Georgia <laughs> convention um, tradition because there seems to always be this random person from the west side of the state that not, you know, nominates himself for president in a couple offices and then they always throw in they're going to show up with a bunch of people and they never show up. It's just a fun tradition of uh, Georgia conventions. Fun. So, I mean, good and bad, right? It would be nice to have some representation from elsewhere in the state, but at the same time, it's just, it makes things a little bit more straightforward. Yeah, so, well, I, I think it's a reflection of the, you know, it's sort of one of those things where it's like, I agree, I would always like to have our races contested because I think it's uh, the only way you can hold people accountable because even if the team that the person running for president has put together is the best, it's good to kind of hold their feet to the fire with a opponent. Um, but I think it's just a reflection of, you know, the work that people put into running for this uh, office and in that there aren't people challenging them uh, because uh, if people weren't confident they were going to do a good job, I feel like they would be challenged. And so on that front, I think that's the primary reason it's uncontested. Gotcha. So. I heard for the, well, I was actually there for the contested position. The debate got a little spicy last night. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's typical of young Democrats that there's always going to be some insane thing happen, but you never you never know what it's going to be. Uh, debates are, are great for that. I love moderating debates. I love participating in debates. Um, so uh, that definitely was one of the crazier uh, things that you know I've had. I've seen in a debate, but it was, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. I know you have about a bazillion things to get to um, in the next few minutes, and we've already had two people come by looking for you. Yeah. Um, so what, any like, closing thoughts before we cut a recording? Yeah, I would just say that um, Young Democrats is a great organization for folks who are trying to figure out a way into the Democratic Party. It's always hard to know what the way in. You know, I'm blessed in Athens-Clark County that our uh, local county committee is awesome and they love having young people involved and they push really hard to do that but other ones are uh, not so great on that and they can be really scared of the the young folks coming in and you know they're worried they're going to take over uh, their committee and so young democrats provides a fun and easy way to get into the party and it's a great place for folks to learn how to get involved and how to you know actually run campaigns or be part of campaigns or start chapters and really uh gives them the tools to talk about the issues that are important to them and so on that front i am you know really honored to have had the privilege of being on the board for four years being president for two and i'm happy to see where the organization is going and uh, i'm not going away uh, from democratic politics and i'm going to be even more involved uh, but just uh, focusing on uh, campaigns and on the athens area because there's a lot of work to be done there so uh, on that front uh no one's rid of me yet. <laughs> well, we don't want to be rid of you, at least, you know, especially from a peach pot perspective. And yeah, y'all are definitely not rid of me. Right. Well, and we're, we're glad to maybe have a little bit more of your time now.
definitely. Well, thank you for coming and doing this. It's nice to be interviewed in my own show for once. <laughs> of course. Well, Luke, thanks so much for taking the time. I know you have to get back to some things. And with that, we're going to switch to a different topic. It's been about 24 hours since Luke and I wrapped our recording, and we wanted to try something new on this special episode of the pod today. Um, since things can move so fast in the news, the following segment is an overview level update of some of the current events related to the Georgia legislature and some federal activities that also affect or relate to our state. We'll discuss several of these topics more in depth during our regularly scheduled episode later this week, but here's an update as of my lunch break today, which is Monday. The Georgia legislature has been very busy with about seven legislative days to go, um, and we will see a lot of movement before sine die or the close of the legislative session. Uh, fun fact for those of you who are unaware, the term sine die, spelled S-I-N-E space D-I-E, is Latin, but it has several regional pronunciations in the United States. So sine die is how we say it here in Georgia, but another common pronunciation is synodia. A few of the hot button items that have been in the Georgia legislature lately are the heartbeat bill, which as of right now has passed committee. Um, it did so this morning and it'll move to the Senate for probably by the end of the week um, is when it'll be heard. There are three amendments proposed to the bill, but none of them passed. And the votes for the amendments fell largely along, well, completely along both party and gender lines of those with voting power in the room. Last week, the election-related HB 316 was approved by Georgia legislatures. This bill includes new voting machines and revised election laws, and it's actually waiting for Governor Kemp's signature, so we'll see um, how that goes. Um, it's assumed that Kemp is going to sign it. The airport takeover passed the Senate and is currently in the House waiting on its second reading. According to the live tracker on AJC, it's currently given a 23% chance of passing. The medical marijuana dispensaries bill, also known as Georgia's Hope Act, a bill to save rape kit evidence, and the hate crimes bill have all passed the House and are currently listed as Senate read and referred status, which is the first step after a bill passes to the Senate from the House. So we'll be keeping an eye on those to see if there's any movement in the coming seven legislative days. A bill protecting Confederate monuments passed the Senate and the House committee and it's now headed to the House floor to be heard. Outside of the legislature, there are a couple of other things going on. First and foremost, the Gwinnett County MARTA vote is tomorrow, Tuesday, March 19th. So um, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that to see how that goes. I know for sure it's slated to be discussed um, later on this week as part of the podcast. Early numbers don't look good for supporters, so that's a little bit of a bummer for those like me who are big supporters of MARTA. I know I use it for my primary form of transportation, so I'd love for it to go more places. But surprisingly, there are two high-profile Republicans who are backing the MARTA vote. That's Sheriff Butch, Con Sheriff Butch Conway and District Attorney Danny Porter. So we'll just have to see how things go. And uh, finally for the state, Kemp's sexual harassment rules have now taken effect. These are rules that he started pushing um, as soon as he was elected to the office and as soon as he accepted his as soon as he took office. 
Um, these measures now allow for state employees to report complaints to the Office of the Inspector General, and it also allows for the office to take over the investigation if a department doesn't seem able to handle it correctly if it was reported internally. The measures have not currently been allocated additional budget, although Kempsian's open to um, looking into that should it need additional budget. So again, that's going to be one of those wait and see things, and we'll just see how these items work. And then to move on to some federal topics, um, last week, President Kemp signed Senator Johnny Isaacson's three bills, which expand and protect three Georgia historic sites. It passed with bipartisan margins in both the state and the U.S. House. So overall, that's just a victory for Isaacson. And um, it looks pretty good as far as, you know, just providing some protection. Both Senator uh, Johnny Isaacson and David Perdue voted to uphold Trump's border emergency, which was a pretty major disappointment for those like me who were expecting Isaacson not to support it. Um, and so that is something that will also be discussed later this week on the podcast. Farmers are still waiting for Hurricane Michael aid to come through, and it's been more than five months after Hurricane Michael hit, which is just a really long time for these farmers to go without any sort of aid. Um, it remains to be seen what will be included in the bill's final version, but Mitch McConnell has taken some actions to set up the bill to be voted on in the chamber the week of March 25th, so not too long from now. Also weather-related, Isaacson and Purdue both made statements on the tornadoes recently in Alabama and Georgia. Both senators thanked first responders and noted that their staffs and Governor Kemp were ready and available to support recovery efforts. Purdue discussed the nation's debt at the Conservative Political Action Conference uh, a few weeks ago. He talked about the $22 trillion debt crisis, and his, in statement, his statements included the idea that the current debt level poses a national security threat. He also discussed promoting conservative values. Um, his full statements, or at least excerpts of his statements, can be found on his website if you're interested to see what he said. And our final item for this week is the profile of Representative Doug Collins from Georgia. He is now being called Trump's first line of defense against impeach impeachment due to his new role as a ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. The profile piece on him was interesting as it shows Collins' two sides. Collins is known pretty well for being bipartisan, being able to make friends, and just having led a life where he doesn't seem to tick people off, as uh, the profile mentioned. But now he's considered a defender of Trump, and so it's putting him in the bullseye for a lot of things where he's never really been before. So that's also a pretty interesting perspective on one of our representatives. And with that, I'm signing off. This has been Megan Payne with a special episode of Peach Pod. Catch you next time. That's our show for the week. If you like what you heard, share the show with a friend and go over to iTunes and give us a rating or a review. It really helps other people find our show. We'll be back with another episode of Peach Pod next week. Until then, take care, y'all.